Chapter Twelve of Laughter Limited. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K Hand. Laughter Limited by Nina Wilcox Putnam. Chapter Twelve. In the house on Vine Street, to where Mommer and I moved, there was beds that flew up into the wall if you didn't hold them down to the floor by main force. Also, we had an elegant bright green ingrowing rug on our sitting-room floor, woodwork with a mahogany almost finished to it, and a landlady that treated us like we was burglars. That was partly my fault, because when we first looked at the place I should have let Mommer do all the talking, instead of which I went and horned in. For when we had seen that the rooms was as right as we could expect for the money, Mrs. Snifter, the landlady of the flat, came around to references with all the delicacy of a pickaxe. "'Are you in pictures, or are you working?' she says suspiciously. "'In pictures,' I says with great pride, thinking that would settle everything. And it did pretty nearly, only not the way I had intended. For I had seen it once by Mrs. Snifter's face, that it had not been a reference, but a confession. "'Well, I don't know about letting these rooms go,' she says. "'I had about promised them to a young man who has a job with a business house.' "'We will pay the usual two weeks in advance, if you wish,' says Mommer, giving that woman the scornful eyebrow in a manner I certainly did admire. The landlady right away softened up a little, and remarked, "'Well, she'd really rather have a couple nice ladies, and we could stay if we liked,' so Mommer wrote out a check for the advance. Mrs. Snifter took it and reluctantly left us alone in our new quarters. And then Mommer turned on me. "'Don't you know any better than to admit you are in pictures to a native landlady?' she demanded. "'My heavens, I thought we was going to lose the place. "'Always leave them think, at first, that you are an eastern tourist, "'or a Iowa farmer's family looking for a permanent home, "'and you'll get treated right. "'There. "'Don't take off your hat, child. "'I want you to take this cash and run down to the bank with it "'before she puts that check through.' "'But for the love of Pete,' I says, "'if you had the cash with you, why didn't you give it to her?' I like to keep my bank balance up as high as possible, says Mommer seriously, and I only had the cash in case she refused to take the check. Well, I went down to the bank like she asked, putting in my half of the expense too, and feeling more hopeful of the future than I had at any time since I arrived in the West. That I was actually more nearly broke than ever before in my life did not seem to matter at all, and that I was furthermore about to demean myself by looking for atmosphere work now appeared to me in the light of the right thing to do. I wouldn't let it queer me. I'd be so darn good that it would be impossible to overlook me, and some day the director would beckon and say, Come here, little girl, you with the blonde curls, I want to speak to you. And that would be the beginning of my triumph. Dreaming daydreams like that, Hollywood again become a city of enchantment. And it's a true fact that on one day in Hollywood you say of it, I must get out of this infernal place before it swamps all my decent instincts. And then the next day something nice happens to you and you say, Dear gay Hollywood, how pretty! What fun we get here! I am going to make a million dollars and never move away. This being one of the hurrah days, I was ready to fall on the neck of the first person I met and would have, only it happened to be Axel, and he was too tall for it but I was real cordial. Hello, says he. I see by the doorbell you bain leaving also in the same house. Is that so, says I. How did you get by the Delane? 
I used to talk with your mother, he says solemnly, and you certainly got to hand it to these foreigners for having good manners. Think of the kidding I would have got from any American on a thing like that. But from Axel's line you would have thought she had been my mother the whole time. Say, Axel, I says, calling him that way partially because instantaneous first names is a custom of the country, and partially because I couldn't pronounce his last one. Say, Axel, I says, you've been working for Silvermount, haven't you? He nodded, a slight blush showing that he appreciated my tact in not saying do an atmosphere, the same as I had appreciated his delicacy about Mommer. Yes, he said, I must get some experience. I wonder, would you help me get in there? I went on with my best smile, the one which has brought me in something over two million dollars. It worked even then. I'd be glad to try, he says. And that was a lot for anybody to promise, because everyone for themselves, and never bring along a friend that may take the attention off of you, is the motto of the first-line trenches in the picture war. You see, I feel like you do, says I, that the experience will be valuable. Know the business from the bottom up. That's my theory. After which I explained laughingly that Mommer and I had simply got bored to death with the hotel life. We just positively could not even endure to enter a restaurant any more, and that as a matter of fact we were going to have a little snack at home this very evening, and would love to have him join us. Axel agreed there was nothing like a little place of your own. As for home cooking, he adored it, and would be tickled to eat with us. So he went along with me to the delicatessen stall at the nearest market, while I bought some cold ham and crackers and a dish of crab flake salad with pons and sorium in green peppers on top of it, and a bottle of milk and some fresh frigs. And then we went back to the flat, there to enjoy a typical Southern California home supper, in a very friendly, chatty way. And as Mommer said when Axel went off to his own room after helping with the dishes, it certainly is a pleasure to meet somebody who talks your own language even if they can't do it in English. The very next day Axel piloted me to the Silver Mount. Not to the exclusive, and exclusive is right, front door, up to which I had pranced so confidently before, but to the side entrance, where I had seen him coming out with the crowd for the Nicholses' location. Axel went to a window halfways down a sort of tunnel, which led out onto the big lot itself, and spoke to a harassed-looking man inside. "'Not today, not today,' says the man impatiently. "'Nothing doing.' Hold on, though. Renway is going to do a big afternoon reception sequence over on stage four tomorrow morning. He is calling for a snappy crowd. Bring her around for that if you like, and remember, on the set, made up and ready at nine sharp. My heart was jazzing while I listened. There, beamed Axel, coming back to me in triumph. Ain't we got fun? Used svel afternoon clothes, and I make up your face for you. Sweet daddy. What a pipe it seemed! Ten dollars a day for nothing! How it did pay to make friends! I had got Axel a meal, which he had plainly needed, and there he had at once gone and got me a job. I could have hugged the great good-looking boob, and together we just regularly danced home to tell the news to Mommer. It was she made me up next morning, and not Axel after all. When she had me finished all the way down from grease to yellow powder and shown me how to soak my powder puff with cold cream and saturate the powder onto that, I felt real professional. 
i hadn't given away that up to that very minute i suppose stage makeup and screen makeup was the same and would never have dreamed of putting red inside my nostrils unless she had told me to well when she had done this she turned me around in my embroidered suit and my small hat a sort of worried pucker gathering between her eyes i hope it will get by she says there honey your face is okay anyways and then she sent off axel and me and started washing up the dishes before we was fairly out of the place like the genuinest mother that ever was half an hour later i was back alone and crying on her shoulder oh honey says adele was it your clothes i was afraid so i hate to tell you honey but i wouldn't be your mommer if i didn't your street clothes is something fierce i thought it was a mob but if i had known it was a drawing room i wouldn't have even let you try now your black evening dress is fine an evening reception would have been okay or a ballroom he's a beast that director i gasped no manners why we was all set he had called for lights even when he saw me and says to his assistant not even to me direct mommer he says to his assistant to take that little hick out of the set and send her home this was a swell affair and what the hell did they mean by letting in people who didn't have a proper wardrobe i know honey says she but don't you fuss any more it can't be helped although it's a disappointment in the old days they used to furnish a wardrobe but now they don't for anything except costume pieces but i have no money to get a new suit or hat i says my black evening dress will be a big help if nobody gives a ball for the next couple of weeks and sweet daddy didn't i say a mouthful in that remark though not only did nobody put on a ballroom within my hearing but not even a good big street crowd that couldn't apparently be picked up free right downtown in los angeles somewheres and then one solid month later axel burst in with the glorious news that the art life studio was going to do a giant costume production with mob scenes in it he had been notified to come to work and this time i ban goin to get you by bet you my life he says the next day we was outside of the art life gates early but as prompt as we was three or four had beaten us to it as is the regular way with the mob scene the assistant directors had notified their preferences and put an ad in the paper as well and when an ad for extras appears in a los angeles newspaper the result is much the same as if they was to advertise free beer owing to axel's advance information however this howling mob accumulated behind instead of ahead of us and when at last the door opened and we begun to pour in past the assistant casting director why axel simply says as we come abreast of this bird hello bill i brought my lady friend and bill gave one swift but sure look at me and hands me a slip for my name and says the women's wardrobe is upstairs to the right and then he added the sweetest words tongue or pen can say you are hired he says and like the lady who was sure of her husband's love i knew it before he spoke but oh sweet daddy how i did like to hear him say the words well, the costume that they gave me made me look fully two hundred years older. What I mean to say is that it was with a hoop skirt and so forth and a quilted petticoat, and it was the first time in my life I ever wore one. Also, a little hat about as big as a restaurant pancake, of straw and ribbons and flowers, and it tied with long streamers under the back of my curls. It seems I was a French revolutionist or something, and the script was a mellow called The Queen's Necklace, by alexander du ma 
well i blessed this pair whoever he was for writing a scenario that required crowds especially when the girl who dressed next to me at the long locker table says that the dope was we would probably work for a week well i only hope the company will last that long is all says this jane who told me i hear benny silvermount is on the rocks what's that to us over here at art life says i patting on cream silvermount owns us says she every producing company out here owns the next one that's why it's so easy to get blacklisted there ain't really much besides muro the divers and two or three little ones that silvermount don't own muro is the only real competitor they have it would be fierce to get in wrong then says i they hand a grudge on down the line i suppose you said it she replied there goes the bell come along we should worry if we get our checks for my part it won't hurt my feelings any if they work us overtime well this set we went on was a beauty as far as i could make out it was the front of paris in seventeen seventy or thereabouts and it certainly looked exactly like it at least i couldn't have told it from the real thing altogether the set covered four acres and was composed of streets and alleys and squares bridges churches and a guillotine which i at first thought was a sort of crossbar for taking exercise on until they told me that the only thing supposed to get any exercise on it was a person's neck of course only the tenderloin side of the buildings was built and you know how they are without my describing them nothing more back of them than most oil stock but what showed to the naked eye of the camera was actually built not just painted and there was real cobblestones on the streets with stage grass growing between because it photographed better and the part i was cast for was to loaf around these streets with a couple of other girls trying to vamp a bunch of soldiers among which was axel i suppose this was in order to make it seem like a natural street scene well really it was a beautiful sight with several hundred costumed extras floating around and even before major mcgee who was directing taylor truman trixie's husband in the piece come out and called things to order the set gave a fine illusion of reality not even axel showing a girl dressed like an antique newsboy how to dance the camel walk could destroy it and that first day of my work for the pictures was one of the most beautiful and happy of my life at five o'clock one of the assistant directors yelled the welcome everybody now on this set come back at nine o'clock tomorrow nine o'clock tomorrow please have your makeup on everybody now on this set and so forth several times over to be sure everybody had heard it but he need not have worried for they all heard it the first time when i was dressed again axel was waiting for me at the foot of the stairs leading down from the big barn of a woman's dressing room come on let's cash in he says i want i should buy you a dinner tonight at frank's or some place oh fine says i gee but i am sick of eating at home well we laughed at that but pretty soon it was wiped from our faces by bucking a little group of angry hams that had been on the set with us but which was now standing around muttering to each other what's the matter axel says as we come up matter hell says one they aren't giving any checks tonight bill says they will work us until saturday night and pay off then but damn it will they i've got a good mind not to pay any attention to the call for tomorrow says another and then i butted in why surely they wouldn't spend half a million dollars on a set like that and then not pay us i says huh wouldn't they just says the girl i have mentioned before how do they think we live in los angeles says another on credit huh 
well never mind it means a week's work says i oh i don't mean they won't pay says my dressing partner but they may hold us up if they are short of cash they will take it out of our hides they know we don't dare to holler there are too many more looking for our place you been doing this long i says ten years she says bitterly and walked away come along home says axel in a low voice i don't like that woman did you see how she kept trying to squeeze may out of the camera all afternoon every time we come in front of the cameraman in the marching scene she turn her head so that i bet you my life may face is entirely hidden by her hat and she gets a full close-up flash oh no axel i says how mean used to wait until you see the picture says axel gloomily and dan you see the next two days were still like heaven to me even though major mcgee commenced to work us nights as well and we would not get off the lot until midnight or later the major was one of these temperamental directors that work by fits and starts and everybody including himself i guess had to suffer for it besides which he was under the extra difficulty of his star being wet almost always we would often wait for an hour or two at a time hanging around doing nothing while they was trying to get truman sober enough to go on working or wet enough to be willing to work according to whichever the case may be well anyways hanging around on a set or at a location by the hour was no hardship to many of us provided we eventually got paid for it but i was intent on drawing down a little something besides pay if that was going to be possible i wanted to act and acted as hard as ever i could while the acting was going hoping all the time the major would take notice of me i never took my eyes off him when he was around trying to sort of hypnotize him into paying me some special attention but it was all no good until the day i run into a needle lobber on my way to work End of chapter twelve